Hey, Jim, guess what? What? Have you ever wondered like what silicone actually is? Yes, like the rubbery kind of stuff? Yeah, like silicone spatulas or like your little reusable Ziploc bags. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. You've ever wondered what that is? I've wondered many times. What do you think it is? I guess I don't know other than maybe a polymer. Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about what silicone is and why silicone is. Okay. Okay. Let's get into it. Hey, I'm Melissa. I'm Jam. And I'm a chemist. And I'm not. And welcome to Chemistry for Your Life. The podcast helps you understand the chemistry of your everyday life. And you may have noticed if you listened to our podcast before that we changed it up and we had a little intro before. Um, we just wanted to, you know, kind of give a little sneak peek at the beginning before the music starts. So I'm going to talk about why we're going to talk about silicone today now. Okay, great. Okay, so we had our patron, Avishai. Uh-huh. Who wrote and asked a question about silicone. Oh, yes. I think he said something about silicone rubber. And I was like, I don't really know what rubber or silicone are. Right. Either of them. And so we already did an episode on rubber. And this is kind of rubber part two. What is silicone? Okay. Because they're they're together in my mind. They feel similar to me. Yeah. And I feel like silicone really came on the scene. I can't remember exactly when. At some point when I was a kid, there wasn't a lot of silicone stuff that I was aware of. Mm-hmm. And then at some point there was like, I remember my mom being like given a potholder kind of thing. Yes. Made of silicone that was like, yeah, this is not going to melt. Yeah. Like you can grab super hot stuff with this. Yeah. And it was like, suddenly silicone entered the kitchen. Also, I feel like it's silicone is given to us as like this environmentally friendly, healthy, cleaner option uh-huh. but i was like i don't actually know if that's true right <laughs> it's like we have silicone i use silicone for so much stuff so uh-huh. i have um, stasher bags that are reusable bags made of silicone and i have um like i use reusable menstrual products that are made of silicone and we have silicone spatulas in our kitchen mm-hmm. i feel like there's silicone baby dishes you know silicone so much stuff yes we have a lot of the same things including like the spatulas, the bags or the, the zip top ones. And we have, I think even like a, one of our, we have a, a metal muffin tin and a silicone one. Yeah. Which I guess you wouldn't call it a tin, but you know. Well, yeah. Muff, a silicone <laughs> muffin thing. A p- pan. Pan. Yeah. But tin sounds, muffin tin sounds right. And it's not rigid. So it sounds like pan's not even accurate. We have yeah. a, we have a floppy muffin baking. Thing. Made out of silicone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we have silicone in all these places. And I, I guess I realized when, you know, Avishai sent that question in that I really wanted to dive into it and learn, like, what is silicone? Is it a plastic? And is it even healthy for us? Okay. The way that it's sold to us as being healthy. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Excellent. Okay. Awesome. Another tiny preview or uh, preface, I guess, is it was hard for me to find good information about silicone, mm. which doesn't super surprise me because it is so commercially available and, and has all these like, oh, it's green, it's healthy, it's this, it's that. So, so many like green washed websites were trying to sell me silicone that I was like, okay, but I don't want to buy it. I want to know <laughs> really about yeah, it. Yeah. Eventually I did find some good resources, but it's one of those cautionary tales of 
make sure that when you're sifting through stuff that you are make you know where it's coming from mm-hmm. and that it's a trustworthy source. So one example of this, so, you know, I went to Google scholar to try to find some journal articles and there was one, it was a study with silicone menstrual cups mm-hmm. and it was all positive findings, but I thought it was weird because it was one particular brand of menstrual cup. And usually you'll get a lot of one product being tested, you know, from several brands. Right. So I thought that was kind of weird. And I, so I went and looked a little further and they were funded by the company who sells that thing. Yes. And I was like, oh, we got, you almost got me. You had me in the first half, you yeah. know? Yeah. So you have to be really careful of where you're getting your information from when you're looking up something like this that is, I don't want to say overhyped, but it's just so talked about. Right. And companies have a vested interest in us wanting to buy it. Mm-hmm. And so you just have to be careful. Especially when there's other things, I think, too, that, like, are clearly more obviously the bad bad guys, so to speak. Yeah. So, like, there's other players that are more concerning that we're more aware of their problems. Teflon, for instance. Yeah. That I feel like other things that maybe we haven't really vetted fully get get a pass for a little while. Yes. Like, we're all worried about Teflon and BPA. Styrofoam and BPA and mm-hmm. things like that that have been, like, are either bad for humans or bad for the environment or both or something like that. And then something that maybe hasn't been vetted very much is just quietly skating by under the radar. Right. You know, and we're not saying that silicone is that, but we're saying I want to make sure if it is kind of similar to how BPA free is touted as being really good, but just replaced with something really similar to BPA that we don't even know if it is good, you know? Right. So that was where I was at. Got it. Okay. And it was hard to find sources. So I just want to encourage y'all, if you're in a similar situation, you're trying to look something up to be really careful about what information you're taking in. But also, it was hard for me too. And my degree is in chemistry. So right. I like to share whenever that happens because I'm like, if I'm having a hard time and I have several degrees <laughs> where I was researching this stuff, I can't imagine how people without a background are feeling overwhelmed. Yeah. yeah you know? Totally. So, um, I just wanted to share that it was hard to find good information. Eventually I did find some really good sources, especially a little short article from, and I think it has an audio that goes with it, but it's not on their podcast app, um, from the Royal Society of Chemistry. Love them. The chemistry world, uh, article about silicone is really good. Mm, And then a few other sources through similar things like that, but that was really the best one and the first one that I found that I trusted, so. Nice. Okay, so we needed to find some terms before we can get into what silicone really even is. Okay. One, silicon or silicon, not an E at the end. Uh So sometimes people say it's silicone also, but there's no E at the end. So Mm -hmm. I say it like silicon, silicone, silicon, something Mm -hmm. like that. Right. That is an element on the periodic table. Right. Symbol SI. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very, very common element. Can you think of anything that you know that it's in? Uh, computer chips? Yeah, I meant naturally. That's You're uh, oh. jumping ahead. Oh, uh, sand? Yes, it is in sand. And because it's in sand, um, it is the most com- second most common element in the Earth's crust. No way. Okay, yeah. cool. It makes up more than 25% of the Earth's crust. Okay. And it's solid. It looks kind of metallic. It's used in technology a lot. Like you said, mm-hmm. Silicon Valley, solar panels, all that. Yep. Silicon Valley. Um, 
Yeah, it's gonna be hard. I'm gonna get the. I'm gonna say the wrong one a lot. I know. <laughs> yeah, I I want to just say silicone when we get into the the material that we're talking about, but I wanted to define these terms yeah, for you first. Right. And then silica is silicon dioxide. So one silicone, silicon, one element, uh-huh. Si, and two oxygens, okay. and that is sand. Mm-hmm. It's also quartz and glass, um, and because it's sand and in a lot of quartz and other things in our earth crust, that's why it's so common in the okay. earth's crust. Got it. And it's also those little gel packets, you know, that say don't eat, mm-hmm. do not eat this, that yeah. absorb moisture. It has all the moisture taken out, so it's like a moisture absorbing material. Forbidden tea, I think people call it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, basically, it's just sand, so you don't have to want to eat it anymore because- it's not fun. Yeah. The reason like, why we're not all like constantly tempted to like go eat some sand. Yeah. You know, I think the reason why it would be really dangerous to eat, it depends on the size of the particles, because if those particles get ground down really fine, you can breathe them in and that's really dangerous. Mm-hmm. But also uh, if, if it has no water in it and then you eat it, it will absorb all your water and that'd be really uh, bad. I think that's part of the problem. Isn't that why they're even included in the first place? They're trying to decrease moisture. And yeah. Those, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. It is funny though that you want to eat it so bad when you're just like, it's just sand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, and now that you told me not to, I really want to. <laughs> yeah, <know>? exactly. <laughs> um, okay. And then last but not least, silicone. That's what we're going to talk about today. So from here on out, unless I clarify that it's the element, I'm talking about silicone the rubbery stuff that you may know and love. Okay. Okay. So silicone is a polymer. You guessed it, right? Nice. Um, but, and I know a lot of you already know this, but I always like to take a moment to say a polymer is a large molecule made up of several small molecules repeating or several repeating units. So we call them a large molecule made up of molecules. Mm-hmm. And a good uh, reference for that is like a, a bead on a necklace. You have a bead that repeats over and over and taken as a whole, that's a necklace. Mm. So that's a polymer. That's what silicone is. But a lot of the other polymers we talked about are carbon-based. So the repeating units are either just carbon or carbon and oxygen, and that's what plastic is, is carbon-based. Mm-hmm. But silicones, the difference is instead of carbon, they have silicon. The okay, okay. So instead of carbon, oxygen, carbon, oxygen, or carbon, 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 carbon as the repeating unit, uh-huh. it's silicon, oxygen, silicon, oxygen, silicon, silicon. Okay. Okay. So Got that's it. the difference. Got it. Is instead of it having a backbone of carbon, it has a backbone of the element silicon. Okay. So that's what makes it a, a silicone. Okay. It's just the silicon makes it a silicone. Okay. I'm, I'm glad it's that because if it was going to be like, some sort of misnomer like that. Mm-hmm. I was gonna be really annoyed because like, why are they calling this thing silicone? And it's like in our daily lives now, if silicon is not a pretty big reason why. Yes, but it is a big reason why. <laughs> so glad, so glad. I had no reason to believe it wasn't, but I just was like, what if it's one of those what things? What if it's, yeah, it's yeah. not, it's not, yeah. luckily. It can have carbon branches attached. It has, silicone is just under, is it just under carbon on the periodic table? Let me just double check that real quick. But it has similar bonding. It is just under carbon. For some reason, suddenly I was like, oh no, am I wrong? Okay. (laughs) It has very similar bonding. It likes to make four bonds. So it's similar to carbon. Um, But the backbone is silicone, but can still have carbon functional groups or branches attached. So that's like little groups of elements that will make it act a certain way. 
it can still have those bonded to carbons, but the main backbone is silicone. So it's yeah. not like it's a carbon free something. Yeah. Oftentimes it can be made by mixing um, in hydrocarbons into another substance. So it, you can have hydrocarbons in there, but it's okay. like the main backbone is the silicon element instead of the carbon element. Got it. And what's crazy is with just that swap out, you know, it's considered by chemists, so not just by the public, to be relatively low toxicity. It is not very reactive. It is resistant to heat. So like you said, you can use it. You can't use plastics in the oven, but you can use a silicone baking pan in the oven, or mm -hmm. you can use a silicone hot pad for taking things out of the oven. Right. Or we have a silicone popcorn popping bowl, mm. you know, that doesn't like melt in the oven or in the microwave. So it has a good thermal stability. It doesn't melt when you heat it up. It doesn't really break down when you heat it up over and over. So you can use it repeatedly. Mm -hmm. um, it has good gas permeability and that'll come into play a little bit later when I talk about one of the other applications. And it's UV resistant. So it doesn't break down in UV the way some plastics do. Okay. So all those things really do make it good to use over and over, unlike plastics. And the relative inertness, like it's not very reactive. It doesn't really melt with plastic or in heat the way plastic does. It doesn't really break down as much in the sun as plastic does. All that means that it really is, I'm not going to say not toxic at all, but less. Okay. Then plastic. And we'll talk more about the healthiness of it later, but that just that one swap out for having instead of carbon as a backbone, silicon as a silicon as a backbone, it does change all these properties as compared to to regular plastic. Okay. Got it. And I really like that because I think it really shows you how if you're just like looking at these elements, you think, oh, that's not much of a big deal. You know, sometimes people who are trying to make you scared of, of chemicals will say it's one element away from plastic, you know, right, right. but that doesn't really mean anything because it is one, this is one element away from plastic and it's totally different in yeah. behavior. Yeah. Or it's like, what if you, um, swapped out the oxygen for chlorine? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, that's a problem. If yeah. you want any element from, from one to another, you could have a very different situation. Very different situation. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Um, okay, so some of the good ways that it's used that I think are fun that we've talked about some already is it is used in um, construction, mm -hmm. electronics, waterproofing, food and pharmaceutical products, beauty products, uh, like shampoo has some silicones in them. And this was the most surprising to me. Breathable contact lenses are oh, made of silicone okay. because they have good permeability to the gases. So that's right. why they're breathable. Right. Which I never thought what contact lenses were made out of. I'd like to now do an episode about contact lenses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like how do they help you see actually? <laughs> yeah. So that was really interesting. Another place that they're used, and I wanted to shout out uh, Stephen B., one of our patrons, who works at a dry cleaning place. I think he asked me about this, but a liquid form of silicone that is considered better for the environment than traditional dry cleaning solvents is decamethylcyclopentosiloxane. Oh. I'm pretty sure he asked about, he was like, there is a solvent that, you know, it's called this. And have you heard of it? And I was like, no, I haven't. And when I read that, I immediately thought of him. So 
Dang, that's cool. So silicones are everywhere. They can be liquid. They can be rubbery. They can be solid or resin forms. Okay. And uh, I just lost my spot. Okay. And the only difference is the the carbon swapped out for silicone. But I do think that it's important to talk about where we think the differences and properties come from. Mm -hmm. So we've swapped out a carbon oxygen bond for a silicon oxygen bond. And you'd think that that would be very similar because their structures are similar where they have four electrons on the outside ready to bond. Okay. But I'm going to talk about, this is your chemistry lesson. So I'm going to talk about the atomic radius. How big are these atoms actually and why? Okay. And most people who've taken a chemistry class may have learned this already. So this is just jogging your memory. But I want you to visualize a carbon atom as having, you know, like a core center of protons and neutrons. Okay. And then around it, you can picture it as a sphere. They're not all perfectly sphere, but I think for this use it would be fine. Around it, there's a layer of two electrons. Okay. And then for carbon, the carbon has six electrons total, but the next layer has four electrons in it. Okay. And all four of those electrons are trying to bond. And so they're going to be out and about. They're trying to make bonds. That's why carbon likes to have four bonds. So it has, it has, you said carbon has two and Mm -hmm. then in the first layer Mm -hmm. and four in the second layer. Yeah. The second layer is not really spherical, but that doesn't really matter. Okay. Okay. You, you can, we can have the wrong model of the atom for this purpose. Okay. But I just don't hold me to it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then now silicon has the same core. Okay. And it has two electrons. And then it has another layer with eight electrons. So it has two and then eight. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Let me make sure. Yeah. And then on the outside, it has four more. Okay. So that's three layers? It has three layers. Okay. So carbon has two layers, the two and then four. And Mm -hmm. then this has like a full layer in between. Okay. Okay. So it has 14 electrons. Okay. Let me make sure I wrote this down. <laughs> well, good for it, obviously. Like that's, <laughs> I'm really happy for it. Good for it. Yeah. But so what that ultimately means is it's just bigger than carbon. Okay. So we talk about these atomic radius trends in, if you remember when you took chemistry, as you go down the periodic table, because they have extra layers of electrons, they get bigger and bigger for each row okay. in the periodic table. Right, right, right. So silicone being directly below carbon on the periodic table is a little bit bigger than carbon. Okay. And that, along with a few other things, means that if you have a carbon bonded to an oxygen or a silicone bonded to the oxygen, the silicon-oxygen bond will physically be longer because the silicone is bigger. Okay. So it's like, okay, if we, let's be a bond real quick. If you're not watching the YouTube, okay, so you keep your hand where you are, your carbon. Okay. So say this is the carbon- I'm going to speak into my mic. Yeah. This is the carbon oxygen and this is the silicone oxygen. So oh, I just okay. had my arm bent and uh-huh. then I stretched it out a little bit. Okay. So we were further apart when I stretched my arm versus when it was bent. So Got it's being it. a shorter bond and a longer bond. Okay. 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 It seems like scientists think that the longer bond length is what gives all those properties that are different than plastic. Interesting. That's the biggest thing that they are attributing these properties to. The, okay. The heat resistance, the UV resistance, the gas permeability is because these bonds are longer, so they're a little bit more flexible. And also this is kind of complicated, but it's a slightly different angle of bonding than carbon. 
And so it seems like it's believed that that length of bond between silicone and oxygen being slightly longer, majority because of the radius of silicone being larger, makes silicones relatively temperature resistant and they let air through because they are flexible and, you know, some of those other properties we talked about. Wow. And that is so simple. And it's literally something that people learn in most atomic radius trends are something that people learn in most chemistry classes. And it seems really boring when you're learning it. And then there's these super cool then implications of that, that it's like, it's so boring. Why do I need to know that silicone is larger than carbon? That doesn't matter to me at all. Yeah. But then, then you learn something like this and realize that just that slightly larger thing can cause so many different properties in the end result. Oh yeah. That is crazy. I would have never guessed that. I would have, I don't know what I would have guessed, honestly, if you had had me like think about the differences, I probably couldn't have come up with something yeah. significant, but the bond length wouldn't have occurred to me. Me neither. And yeah. they, it did say it. I do want to point out is that it's believed right. in the papers. I found that it's believed. We don't know everything. I'm sure there's other things happening, but the bond being longer and there being a slightly different angle of bonding is the biggest thing that they think. And there can be a number of reasons bonds are longer. It also has to do with how attractive, how willing to pull the two atoms are to get closer together. But atomic radius is a part of it for sure. Okay. So that's your chemistry lesson. Dang. It's so simple in terms of it's just shorter. Yeah. But it's because of having this extra layer of electrons makes it larger. And then I want you to Think about that, explain it back to me, and then we can talk about some other things about, okay. about the chains and the polymers and things like that. Okay. Um, so the the one of the types of polymers we're used to knowing and interacting with and that has been around for a long time, the carbon-based ones, mm -hmm. where carbon is sort of the backbone of this mm -hmm. polymer. Carbon and oxygen. Carbon and oxygen. And carbon is a smaller atom on the smaller end and um, it makes these great polymers. We've obviously used tons of them, but then the extra, the difference once someone's figured out to swap out silicon instead, mm -hmm. it is a larger atom, mm -hmm. has more layers of electrons, mm -hmm. so it's bigger, but it still has those four on the outside. Mm -hmm. That is what it's bonding to other things with and yes. exchanging with or whatever. And just like carbon does, mm -hmm. but whenever it does do that, it makes these, these chains, these polymers with oxygen, it's doing that. It's a really similar way to carbon, but because it's larger, it's sort of further away from the oxygen, but still bonded to it. Mm -hmm. And because it's a little further away, but still bonded and still makes a really good polymer, something about that is what allows it to have fairly different properties from the carbon oxygen polymers. Yes. Like the heat resistance, the UV resistance, the flexibility. Did you say that was part of it? Breathability? Breathability. The way okay. the gases can pass through it relatively yes. easily. Yes. That's crazy. I wish I could think of like a good analogy for that because it seems like it, because it's not intuitive, I can't, at least at the moment, think of something that would be like, strong not necessarily stronger but have benefits to it yeah when it's further apart like i think it'd be easier to think of something being stronger when it's more sort of dense and like 
heavier and yeah, I- impermeable, you know? Yeah. So I'm kind of struggling with that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard for me to... So similarly, I'm like, oh, interesting. The bond length is longer. I know why the bond length is longer. And we can yeah. talk about that all day. But it is hard for me to intuitively say, so that's why it's heat resistant. Because mm-hmm. that seems weird to me, you know? Yeah. And there are other things like... um like Teflon is relatively inert just by itself. But if you heat it up, I believe the fluorines will break off and they'll form radicals. And so I'm like, we, I don't know that we could have anticipated this. Right, right. I think it might be one of those things where it turns out that this happens and uh-huh. maybe really good theoretical scientists could have predicted this. But I was surprised to learn that too. Is it possible that, so like, like a lot of elements there's some figures out there about if you just had a pure amount of this thing you could just have a pure amount of carbon pure amount of silicon mm-hmm. this one has like you know a higher melting point or whatever is that at play here too or is it really the bonds that get the credit here like is silicon potentially just more heat resistant already possibly i don't know the answer to that and maybe I can learn more i would think i was focused more on how the structure impacted the end result yeah. and less on why the structure impacted the end result. So I was like, oh, the bond links make it different. And the way it was described is with the breathability, they could move past each other a little bit more easily mm-hmm. and they're more flexible so that when they're like being impacted by outside factors, it doesn't break them as uh, much as it bends them kind of. That right. was the picture I had in my mind, but I could, you couldn't hold me to that. Okay. Here's one more question you might not be able to answer. Okay. But I feel like, so so many plastics are rigid but you, they can make them flexible, mm-hmm. but a lot of them are rigid. Is that also a bond thing here? Because I don't know if I've interacted with like a, like a silicone that has been rigid. You probably have and don't know because there are resins that are silicone. Okay. So that's kind of what we're going to get into next. I think um, that has to do with three things, actually. And that's what I was going to talk to, so you kind of perfectly transitioned okay. me in. perfect. Oops. So besides the bond length, the other features that impact the function of the substance is one, the length of the polymers themselves. Okay. So imagine if you had a really short necklace versus if you have a longer necklace, that could impact the texture, I guess, of the overall, um, of what your end product is of the silicone. Mm -hmm. So like if we look to how long the polymer is, how many of those repeating units there are, a short necklace with less beads versus a long necklace, Mm -hmm. the short silicone chains give low viscosity oils. Okay. While longer silicone chains are going to be more uh, rubber-like materials. They call them elastomers. Okay. And then when they fall between the two, they, they're they almost more like the cornstarch and liquid or cornstarch and water substance that you sometimes make where it can be rolled into a ball, but if you leave it, it sort of flows mm, out. Okay. So silicones can be all of those. Okay. Wow. I know. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So I thought of silicones only as like the spatulas. Yeah. Or the food plates or whatever. Yeah. I didn't realize, that's why I was surprised by the contacts. You know, that's surprising to me. Yeah. And I, and I didn't think about them being also in shampoos and conditioners and then, and that way they're like liquid, Yeah. you know, so they're all over the place. And so the chain length matters, but the other thing that matters is if they're cross-linked. Mm. which is something we talked about in rubber. Remember vulcanized rubber had the chains using sulfur. They 
they stuck the chains together and mm. then it made the much more rigid rubber that we think of associate with tires. Yes. So same kind of thing here. Your silicones are going to be, it's a huge class of compounds. It's not just those rubber spatulas. Mm -hmm. So it can be cross-linked or not. And I very briefly mentioned this at the beginning, it can be bonded to four things. So it's bonded, you know, to an oxygen, silicon, oxygen, silicon, oxygen in a chain. So it has bonds on either side, but there's also functional groups coming off of the silicone. You can think of it as up and down too. So side to side, it's in this long chain, mm. but each silicone atom can also have something sticking up or down from it too. Got it. Because it can have four bonds, you know? So kind of like if you imagine each bead in your necklace could have two attachments sticking off the bead to make it more flexible or right. different right. work for different outfits, you know? Yeah, some pendants, some decorations, some somethings. Yeah, it's like extra pearls or, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can have extra things attached to it. So that's a, probably the easiest way to visualize it. Okay. So it's not just the length of the bond is why silicones are the way that they are. It's there's other features that we're looking at too that impact all polymers. Are we mm -hmm. cross-linking these or not? Are the chains long or are they short? Are they um, do they have functional groups? What are the functional groups like off of them? So all that matters yeah. too. So that was a really good question that I did have the answer to this nice. time. <laughs> nice. Good way to set me up. It's almost like you knew. <laughs> so that's all the chemistry for you. Okay. Um. Your lesson was great. So you taught it, you gave it back to me really good. So as a reward, we're going to talk about the safety of silicone. Okay, cool. Okay. So I'm going to caveat this and say, I'm not a medical doctor. I originally wrote, I'm not a doctor. And then I realized that was not true. Yes. Yes. I think you've said that before. Like since getting a PhD, you said I'm not a doctor and you're like, well, actually wait. <laughs> Technically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not a medical doctor yeah. and I do have a expertise in chemistry, but I'm not a bioactivity expert. So mm -hmm. I'm not going to say, I know how these act in your body, but, and it is hard to find super straightforward information, but from what I've seen and the information I have as a chemist, I feel that medical and food grade silicones are safer than many other plastic counterparts. Okay. I feel better about using a silicone spatula than a plastic spatula. Right. And I feel better about using a silicone menstrual product than a plastic menstrual product. Right. Not very many plastic ones just hang out in your body all day, but I feel better about that personally. Yeah, right. With the information I have, and that information is knowing that they have less reactivity. So they're just not going to do as much stuff. They're mm -hmm. not going to break down. They're not going to react with sun. They're not going to react with heat. And so they're going to stay intact more. And then some sources that I read, although I was like, I want an original source, a primary source on this indicated that they have low bioactivity. So your body doesn't react with them the same way it would. It's not trying to go into your body and replace carbon, you know? Right. Some right. radioactive elements, like the a big thing with radium is it tries to mimic calcium and will literally like bore holes in your in bones because it's acting like something else. Mm. It can't really do that to pretend like it's carbon and mess with your systems from what we know so far. Okay. So it doesn't, what I've read seems like it has low bioactivity. It's not going to react with your body very much. And it's just pretty inert. Yeah. So there's just a lot less leaching into your food. So if you have like a silicone baby bottle tip, it's going to leach a lot less than if you have a plastic version of that. Yeah. And why are you smiling? I just was remembering uh, a commercial for the 
the silicon containers we have, mm-hmm. who's talking about it as less likely to leach um, into other into your food and stuff like that. And he was like, and you may be thinking, I like leach chemicals in my food. And he's like, <laughs> and if you were thinking that, please see a doctor. <laughs> something like that. It was just like, just a really funny little bit. But I hadn't thought about that in years. <laughs> and then it just came back into your mind. Yeah. 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 So, um, so it leaches less and the stuff that it does leach is less bad for us. Okay. There seems like it's less able to play a role that we know of so far. Okay. It might also be an endocrine disruptor. I don't have, in my mind, there's not enough negative information that I'm phasing it out. Right. So for me, I feel like some people have told me they want to hear my opinion, even when I don't have all the information. Because they're like, I want to know what you think because you're a chemist. Right. So for me as, as a chemist, Teflon is a no-go. I try to avoid it wherever I can. Yep. Even though it in itself might be inert, I know the process that make it is really bad for the environment. And I know that it can chip off and we don't know what it's doing accumulating in our bodies. And if you just heat it, it can leach off or it can let off toxic things mm-hmm. if you're preheating it. So te- Teflon is a no, absolutely not. Plastic is a... This is probably fine for one-time use, but it's not really very good at being recycled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you don't really want to keep reusing it. It's not designed to do that. It mm-hmm. can leach into your food and it's not going to be terrible for you immediately. But since we don't know 100% what those things are doing to us, I try to avoid it where I can, but I'm not crazy about it. Mm-hmm. And then silicone is a little bit closer to like a glass for me where I'm like, oh, okay. It's not perfect. Nothing's perfectly safe. Water can kill you. Mm-hmm. Silica in finely powder form can give you really bad diseases if you breathe it in. Nothing's perfectly safe, I don't think. Yeah. So I'm not going to stand here and say it's perfectly safe, but I feel comfortable using it as an alternative for the two reasons is that one, it can be reused with relatively low leaching and breaking down. Mm-hmm. And then two, that it is reused instead of a one-time polymer that gets thrown into yeah. a landfill. Right, right. I don't think that it breaks down much faster or better than other plastics, though. Okay. I think the big benefit of it is that it it is used over and over. Right. So, like, a plastic Ziploc bag is used once, and then it's there forever, essentially. Mm-hmm. Our silicone bag, we can use that hundreds of times, and it should still be fine, and... So that instead of having a hundred little pieces of plastic, there's one. So I like that about it too. Right. So that's where it lays on the scale for me. Okay. Got it. That's cool. That's good to know. Yeah. I mean, and I could be wrong. And I, um, a friend of ours, Ronnie always says, open a file on it, you know, like have an open file in your mind. And that's how I feel about pretty much all new technology. When I, when I think about like Teflon, I had an open file and then I learned enough information to to close the file and move on. Yes. Uh, so silicone is an open file for me still. And right now it's in the keep using pile. Yeah. Uh, that's not to say that I might, we might learn something that convinces me otherwise, mm-hmm. or maybe there's something that there, it's really hard to find papers that represent this one really bad thing about silicone. I haven't found it yet. Yeah. And so, and it's used a lot in medical procedures. It's used a lot in food grade. There's like an FDA food grade type of silicone that I feel pretty comfortable and safe having in my house. If I have to have a plastic thing, I'd rather have a silicone version of it. Yep. Okay. Makes sense. So that's how I feel about that. Um, I think that's everything I wanted to share with you. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, I did want to say if other people 
feel differently or if they have other things they want to add. I'd love to hear from our listeners on this. I always love to hear from our listeners and especially from biologists, if you know more than I do. Mm -hmm. And I can work on learning more about why the bond length impacts it maybe for a future Q&R. Nice. So yeah, that's that's silicone. Nice. Very cool. Ever since I've seen all my silicone stuff since I researched this, I finished researching this article about a week ago. I've been really excited about it. Nice. Like I know what that is yeah. now. Well, we've used it, we've only used more and more over time. So it's like, I'm, yeah, I've been interested and never known and never, yeah. So now I'm excited. I also think with kids, they really recommend shifting to silicone over plastic wherever you can. Mm. And I don't know, I think I saw that on maybe a doctor's website or something, but there's definitely something I read that was like, if you have the option, go with a silicone toy for them to put their mouth all over yeah, rather than a plastic toy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that, you know, again, I'm not a medical doctor and I don't even know that that was in one of the sources I ended up citing. I read so much information that I was like, wait, where is this Where is this from before yeah. I settled down? But I think using, I think the shift is probably a positive one, if for no other reason than that it is able to be reused regularly. Yeah. Hard for me to imagine us being in a world where there's no long-term polymers. Right. And sometimes people will ask straight up, is this plastic? Is silicone plastic? And I I think it depends on how you're classifying plastics. Very broadly, you could maybe say, yes, it's a polymer that takes a long time to break down. But I don't think it's in the same category as what we think of when we think of plastics in our day-to-day life. You know, I don't think of my contacts lens as a plastic thing. I don't mm-hmm. think of resins really as plastic. Yeah. You know, I don't think of like shampoo and conditioner as plastic. So yeah, I th- I think it's a little bit, I think it's a gray area. I don't consider it quite the same as plastics, but I also don't think it's the end all be all, the greenest, the best alternative. I mean, anywhere we can use materials like glass and aluminum, we try to do that. Yeah, right, right. So that's my little bit about silicone. Nice. I'm out so happy. <laughs> I really am. I'm yeah. like, this is silicone on my watch. It's just everywhere. So yeah, it's really very is. exciting. It really is. Oh, yeah. My watch too. Probably. Yeah. I would guess. This seems like a silicone thing, not. And people have silicone wedding rings, but yours is leather, right? No, it's uh, wood and concrete. Oh, wood. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, probably it's like a really fine concrete of some kind. So wherever you are right now, look around you and see what silicone you can find. I found my watch. Probably my watch. Uh, maybe some phone cases. I don't know. They have different. Oh, my phone case. Oh no, my phone case is biodegradable. That's right. Mason has a silicone phone case. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So listeners at home, do the same thing and let us know all the silicone around you. There's a lot in my kitchen. I feel like that's the biggest. Yeah, and its benefits make sense. It makes sense that you'd use it there. Those silicone spatulas to clear the sauce out of spaghetti sauce jars. To get every last thing out of mm-hmm. your pot, mm-hmm. those things are useful. To make eggs and kind of, they're like mm-hmm. gentle, but yeah, it's perfect. They're like yeah. a perfect spatula for that. And I don't feel like those existed when I was a kid. I really don't. I'm yeah. like, I don't, like you said, you remember when your mom got that. Yeah. That it, like uh, oven mitt or yeah. whatever. the. And then thinking of the baking pans made of silicone. I'm like, yeah, we didn't have those. Yeah. You just, they, they're new on the scene. Yeah, they are. Yeah. And I feel like it's funny because I'm sure there's people who were like, oh, I always remember having them and stuff, depending on how old they are. But That's like, true. there's definitely, 
yeah, there's definitely a time when it became a thing, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool. Yeah. Maybe that'll seem like we're really old later when we say that. When like, so. whenever silicone or the next thing is everywhere, we'll be like, well, I remember whenever we were still using this. We were using plastic and spatulas. We had these Teflon pans, <laughs> and, you know, when I was a kid. I remember so clearly my mom had this super 80s spatula. It was like a pink handle. It's uh-huh. actually almost the exact same color as my shoes if you're watching the. Uh-huh. It was a pink handle, and the then the actual spatula part was white. Uh-huh. And it got so brittle over time. It was basically useless. I was yeah, like, I might as yeah. well just be using a knife on this right now. Right, right. <laughs> so I take a special pleasure in, in using those spatulas to get every last drop of something out of yeah, a pan. It's yeah. so satisfying. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, that made me happy. Thanks for listening um, and learning about silicone. Is, is there something that's making you happy right now? Yes, I have got a tube. I'm going to go with one of them that's a little bit shorter. Um, but this past weekend, my family was in town. But I'm not, not going to oh, share yeah. about that one. I'm going to share about this instead. Um, I had been wanting for a while, Emma and I had been talking about trying to put up some string lights in our backyard for easier lit, you know, evening time hangouts or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the other day I was just like, I'm just going to get this stuff for that. I'm just going to do it and just like I'm – I'm a little motivated. I'm just going to make it happen. And then yesterday I spent a good chunk of the day um, like putting the sort of metal cabling mm-hmm. um, from like from part of our house to the to one tree to another tree to another tree. And I'm not like good at this stuff or whatever. Like I have to learn it while I do it, you know. Mm-hmm. And But just did it all in one day. One project. Start, Ooh, nice. start and finish all in one day. And it's all done. And now our backyard is way better lit. And I was just like so satisfied. That is making me happy. I'm still kind of on that little high of like, yes, I accomplished a household thing. Yeah. You know, that's a good one. And like an optional project. It's not like it was like I did the dishes. Cause like that's, yeah, yeah. we should always be doing that. But I started the thing and finished it. Yeah. <laughs> you that know? is a big deal. Yeah. So we what about were, you? This isn't my happy thing, but okay. a, a similar feeling was we decided not to buy a house. Jam already knows all about this, but we were on, we were trying to decide if we we're going to buy a house or not. And we decided instead of buying a house, What's cheaper than buying a house is just making our apartment nicer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that makes it a little bit more livable for longer, you know? It's like we totally. were, we're in a temporary, we're going to stay here for a little while mindset. So we didn't invest yeah. a ton. We made it nice to live in and then we just kind of left it. We're like, we don't want to invest too much because we're going to move out. Yeah. And then we decided to stay and we're like, okay, if we're going to stay, it needs to be nicer, mm-hmm. you know? And one thing that we did was put curtains on our patio. You know how apartments have those little patios? Yes. So Mason 3D printed a little thing to hold the a dowel rod up. Uh-huh. And we we bought some UV curtains. And it makes our living room so much, like, so much more livable. Because nice. we get the setting sun and it's so hot in Texas. Uh-huh. And the light would come in and hit the table and reflect off on your eyes, you know, when you're, yeah, like, doing yeah. the dishes or anything. Yeah. And so just that one tiny change. Mm-hmm. It's it it changes everything, and every time you walk past in the afternoon, you're like, oh, yeah, this is great. And I imagine that's how you feel every time you go outside at night or you yeah. see the lights. You're like, this is exactly what I wanted. Yep, yep. And we've had a similar <laughs> feeling about it. It's like we want to use our backyard more and make it better, so we like yes. being out there more. Mm-hmm. And obviously, as the kids get older, that'll be more enjoyable too. There'll be more reasons to do that and stuff. So we're like, let's just keep making our backyard more enjoyable. Yeah. So. So my fun thing is very different. I went to a conference uh-huh. um, and it's a lot of people do chemistry education research. 
And I met a new friend, Safa, who is a doctor, doctoral student. And I had a po- poster about the podcast, Chemistry for Your Life, was up there. And we were talking about ways to determine if it's effective in teaching chemistry or not. And Safa came to visit my my poster and then said, I just found your podcast this week or, you know, really yeah. recently because I wanted a chemistry podcast and I saved it and I haven't listened to an episode yet. And then later that day she came back and said, I listened to one of those on a walk and it was so exciting. Nice. And I was like, that's so cool. And so I was talking to Safa about that. And then another woman, Ronya came up and Ronya was like, you know, just sort of joined the circle. And Safa said, she has a chemistry podcast. And Ronya said, that's you. Oh, nice. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. That's so cool. I think it was a warm, fuzzy feeling and it was podcast related and yeah. I was really excited. That's awesome. Because I haven't really met a ton of people. There were a few at the last conference I went to last summer, but I haven't met a ton of people who already listen to the podcast and then we meet. Yep. Yep. And so I thought that that was really fun. So uh, that was exciting. That's and awesome. Then sort of like a totally different and much more materialistic one is I got a new car. Yep. And nice. Jim already knew that, but yep. I'm really excited about it. Yeah. And we're going to take it on adventures and go camping. And I'm really excited. That so. is exciting, especially because like, I mean, especially in Texas and the DFW area where we live, we're using our cars a ton and we're yes. very car dependent. It's a downside of our area, but it, is. it does mean that when something like that changes, it's a huge deal because it's a huge. daily, multiple times a day, constant thing that you're in yes. and using that we rely on a little utility thing that we, we have to kind of have. Yeah. Um, and so changing it out makes a huge difference. Like multiple yeah. times a day, you're like, oh, I have a new car. Uh-huh. And this thing is different about it. Yeah. And this is more usable about it or whatever. That was so. part of our staying in our house. Yeah. Because we're going to make other things better. Yeah. And it is a hybrid, so it's nice to the environment. Nice. Very exciting. That's awesome. We're a hybrid podcast over here. Mm-hmm. We, I, all but one of the cars that we collectively own. Oh, yeah. Is a hybrid. That's right. Yeah. And one was married in, you know. Yeah. So what can you do? Yeah. <laughs> you can just replace it later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> as soon as it dies, we'll get a new one. Yeah. Great. Well, that was fun. Thanks for one, introducing me to the world of hybrids. You really um, changed it up for the positive for me, but also for coming and learning about silicone. I was really excited for the question. Thanks, Avishai, for asking it and for getting me to think to finally investigate what is silicone. Mm-hmm. It was really satisfying to have an answer and to have a little bit of peace of mind that it it is better for me. It is not as bad as plastic is what it seems like. So that was nice. Well, thank you for teaching us and thank you for being able to explain something I have been curious about and have had no idea what it was. <laughs> so Melissa and I have a lot of ideas for topics of chemistry and everyday life, just like this one that Avishai asked about. But we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or idea, you can reach out to us on our website at chemforyourlife.com. That's chem, F-O-R, yourlife.com to share your thoughts and ideas. If you'd like to help us keep our show going and contribute to cover the costs of making it, you can go to patreon.com slash chemforyourlife or type the link in our show notes to join our super cool community of patrons. If you're not able to do that, you can still help us by subscribing on your favorite podcast app and rating and writing a review on Apple Podcasts or subscribing on our YouTube channel, those things help us to share chemistry with even more people. They really do make a big difference. And if you leave a nice review, I'll read it probably on a bonus episode. Mm-hmm. This episode of Chemistry for Your Life was created by Melissa Collini and Jam Robinson. Jam Robinson is our producer, and the episode was made possible by our financial supporters on Patreon, two of whom played a role in today's episode. <laughs> <laughs> it means so much to us that y'all at Patreon are 
willing to help us make chemistry accessible to even more people. And those supporters are Avishai, who helped come up with the idea for this episode, Bree M, Brian K, Chris and Claire S, Chelsea B, Derek L, Emerson W, Hunter R, Jacob T, Christina G, Lynn S, Melissa P, Nicole C, Nellie S, Stephen B, Shadow, Suzanne P, Timothy P, and Venus R. Thank you all again for everything you do to make Chemistry for Your Life happen. And if you'd like to learn more about the today's chemistry lesson, you can check out the references for this episode in our show notes or in the description of the video. Yay, chemistry! Yay, chemistry!